Our uh, text this morning is um, from the epistle reading in 1 Corinthians 6. I want to take you uh, to the end of that, uh, most of verse 19 and, and also verse 20, just to review here. Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price, so glorify God in your body. This is our text. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, used to see things in, uh, on TV or elsewhere uh, about people that are kind of careless with a bow or with a gun. Uh, I, uh, I remember uh, seeing some guys uh, in, in an army movie uh, saying, ready, shoot, aim, which is, you know, kind of not the way you're supposed to do it. Uh, it, it would be uh, bad enough if you took a bow hunting someplace and you were just kind of careless and silly and uh, you hit someone with the bow, that would be pretty terrible. Then, you know, then again you see people like Elmer Fudd shooting straight up in the air and it comes down and hits them. That would be worse. This is the carelessness is sort of stupid. Uh, on the other hand, is it legal? Well, yeah, uh, it's not very bright, but it is kind of legal. I mean, it's a free country and everything, uh, but I mean, you know, it's not so obviously good for you. You see, and this is kind of where Paul's going here. Uh, these Corinthians must have been very confused sometimes. Uh, what are you supposed to think if, if all sins are forgiven? Uh, uh, Paul even says, all things are lawful for me. And, and, you know, that made me immediately go back to the guy with the no, uh, no serious care for bad things, right? So all things, all things are lawful. It's, you know, they may do harm to yourself. They may do harm to somebody else. So, yeah, lawful, okay, but see, then what? The, the, the body belongs to God, he says, and um, how are you even supposed to keep that pure and perfect when you can just do whatever you want? Or so it seems. Sins against the body affect Christ's body. He's saying that here. Uh, is, is that lawful too? See, this, you know, obviously there's more to this than just it's okay to do in some sense because it's forgiven uh, and so you're not under the law anymore, but on the other hand, it's not necessarily good. So do you go through the day sometimes without a single thought about your sins that day? Because, you know, you, you know you did some, uh, except you may not have uh, identified them carefully, and, you know, that happens sometimes. Or maybe you could call something you did a mistake and then just pass it off as not necessarily sinful. I mean, you know how that goes. It's all forgiven after all, right? We are Christians and sometimes that stuff goes real light across the mind. But we need to think it through a little bit. Uh, every sin is precisely against your God. 
you know, and that's because he's the one who defined what a sin was, what a sin is not. He's, he's the one that says what it is. So it's all against him. And you could probably uh, think about the first commandment. Uh, if you want to just start there, that's pretty obviously against God. And, um, well, uh, if you do something that is sin, then uh, the, the main problem is something got to be more important to you than what God said. So you did the thing, which means you broke the first commandment because whatever is more important than God is your God. And, you know, that's the commandment out the window. So sensibly, every time you sin, you, you sin against God every time. Okay, that's only first one of the problems. <laughs> Some uh, hurt others. Some of your sins do. Some, some of your sins uh, hurt yourself. Uh, they also happen to be in the body of Christ because uh, when you're the body of Christ and you are, then everything that happens to you happens to him. And that doesn't sound like a good idea when the two have become one flesh and uh, you're inflicting something on yourself and Christ at the same time, but all's forgiven, right? Um, probably we should pay more attention to that. Now, there is no mistake. All things have been removed from under the law of God for you. This is something that the Bible certainly says. You aren't under the law of God because Jesus died and caused you to be forgiven. And he rose from death and caused you to have victory over death. So sin doesn't do anything anymore because it's forgiven and because you're lifted up. And your baptism hooks you to these things as well because when you're baptized, you die to sin. You're not under the law anymore and you rise with him and all of these things are in place for you. On the other hand, that doesn't tell you what's beneficial to do. As, you know, as Paul said, everything's not, not helpful. Everything's not beneficial. Well, you've got to deal with that. Uh, it may not be beneficial for you. It may not be beneficial for service to the people that are around you. It may not be beneficial to God's service. And you can see how all of that stuff is important. Uh, I, there's some examples. So, uh, he talks about something that you eat might be a problem. Uh, what you eat has been declared clean by Christ himself. He said that. Uh, but, but what if you're diabetic? I mean, and if you eat a whole bunch of cake, which, you know, I might just do that a little bit later. But see, that, <laughs> it's not beneficial. Right? Even though it's lawful, it's not that beneficial. What if someone's faith is going to be damaged by your food that you eat? Like, like that used to happen in Corinth. Things would come out of the temple, uh, uh, had been sacrificed to idols, and it's in the meat market. And some people would say, well, there's nothing going on with the idols. They're all idols. They're nothing. So I can eat the meat. And other people, having just escaped from that crazy idleness uh, at becoming Christians, they're very upset by the meat sacrificed to idols, so then you're damaging them if you eat that. That was one of the problems that happened there. So what if you, uh, just to get a little closer to home, what if you serve up some wine to an alcoholic? How's that gonna be? 
So it's, it's, it's true that uh, uh, Jesus welcomed prostitutes uh, to be uh, in his love and, and in his grace. But sleeping with one is a different kind of problem, like Paul describes. I mean, those, they had temple prostitutes, and it was kind of part of the normal program for Corinthians, but they were supposed to be escaping from that. Uniting a prostitute with the body of Christ is a problem. It's lawful, but not a good thing to do. But all things are forgiven, right? So you look at what you're doing, you should be, uh, despite your forgiveness, to see if it's actually a good thing to do. Well, it doesn't necessarily get easier when you do that because, you know, you've got uh, this, this command from Jesus to love one another. And it's a little bit mysterious how you're supposed to go about doing that sometimes because, well, you know, I could tell you to love people, but, you know, what's that going to look like is another problem because he doesn't really tell you the details on that. They're sort of, uh, what you say, circumstantial. You don't know how to love somebody until you're in the circumstance where that's necessary. Uh, and God puts you in circumstances with all trust and, and he says, go love one another. So any chance of doing harm in your ignorance out there? Uh, in your weakness, in your arrogance? Could you do someone harm even in their faith if you're committing errors in judgment? You can see how all of that's true. You know very well you can and probably do some of those things at one time or another. Well, and it, obviously you don't want to do that, so you got to think about it a little bit. God's word is a, a decent guide for how you should go about things. The love born of the Holy Spirit that lives in you, as Paul says here, that's important, it helps too. The love of God that you have is a good encouragement to go and do things well. But no matter what, no matter how you look at this, no matter how much trouble you're in just trying to figure out what you're supposed to do, even though you understand you're forgiven, sometimes you need to be reminded your sins are forgiven. Christ died for that. Uh, he worked for your good in his own blood, in his own sacrifice, on his own cross. He took all of your sins away. So no matter what burden seems to be on you, lawful or not, sins are forgiven. And, and you are out in the world trying to do what's right. You're forgiven. Christ made sure you're in victory over death even, and that never ends. It never goes away. It will never be taken from you. That's your comfort. You're free to love. You're free to act. You're free to be loved and forgiven by your God, and those things are absolutely so. You have this little bit at the end of this passage that says you're, you're not your own. You were bought with a price. And it's not just any price. If you look under there in Greek, it's, it's more than that. It's a, a premium, a high honor that's been uh, uh, your, your cost, the thing that bought you out of sin and death and condemnation. Those things are quite tough. But those things happened in the premium 
that is the son of the living God's life blood, your savior. You're not your own. So you're supposed to honor and glorify God in your body and in your life, so be it. But don't go anywhere. Don't forget ever that you are free, that you are his. You're not his because he wants to demand something of you. You're his because he wants to forgive you. And all things are forgiven. Your sins are gone. You are blameless before the Lord to live and to love in him because that is what he wants for you. That's what he has given you. That is what he has set in place for you. As complicated as your life is, there is nothing that is not forgiven. There is nothing that has not been worked for your good. There is nothing that Christ has not earned for you. This is so. Amen. May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.